I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Hi, welcome to my chemical romance. I'm Joey. I'm here with Matt and Eric, the Magus of Portland. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, we're at a Beerlick Brewing. Uh, assuming that's how you pronounce it. Beerlick. I'm calling it Beerlick. Beerlick. Maybe it's Beerlick. Although I think usually like um, the A-E thing in Latin has, is supposed to make an E sound. Oh. Or I... Hmm. We should probably pretend that we don't know Latin. <laughs> I like beer lick. It sounds better. Yeah. And it's something that you'd like to do to beer. It is. I like licking beer. So, um... So really, uh... It's not snowy. It's not snowy. But the ground is covered. Yes. Snow it is the Portland snowpocalypse. Like the real one. This is our fourth uh, snow this year, actually. It's yeah. Our fourth time we've had snow that actually stuck around. And it's... It was four I've, days ago, and it's still... Yeah, and it's... Twelve inches. Was it 12 uh, inches? Well, I mean, she might have told you it was 12 inches, but it was more like 9. <laughs> she didn't tell me that. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so each of us have a taster in front of us with five mm-hmm. beers. Yep. What are you drinking? Right now, I... Oh, I've already forgotten. I'm, oh, I'm drinking the... Yogo uh, Oatmeal Stout. How do you like it? I like it a lot. It's really good. Lots of chocolate. Um, cool. I didn't get that one, but I am currently drinking the Oatmeal Pilsner. And I like it, but it is mega hoppy, which I did not expect. Uh, Pilsners, I mean, Pilsners are, you know, they used to be considered a really hoppy style, but now they're, I mean, they're not supposed to be like this hoppy. And it doesn't taste like classic Pilsner hops either. But the rest of it, it's a pretty solid beer. I'm having the uh, Dark Thoughts. Delicious. Joey, it's okay. We're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Cascadian Dark Ale. Okay. It's a classical IPA, possessed with a maniacal evil. Are you cheating? Are you reading that out of the... Shh, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting thing about this beer is it is uh, 6.66% alcohol. Alcohol. And 66. So, um... Yeah, that reminds me. Uh, I don't know what any of those things mean. You know, I've I've been soldering a lot, and I just got a new soldering station. And the perfect temperature for my soldering iron is six hundred and sixty-six degrees Fahrenheit. Does it really? Well, it works well. I mean, perfect might be stretching it out a little bit, but it really works really well at that temperature. Well, you are you are creating a uh, interdimensional portal, so yes. do you want to talk about what sense. you're making, or do you want to wait? I'll talk about it because at the rate that, at which we are producing this podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody will be using electronics anymore by then. We'll be moved on to like, I don't know. Well, we'll already be in another dimension because of your yeah, portal. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I am making, I'm calling it the smart altar. And it is, uh, it's using a real-time clock and a library that I wrote to calculate uh, the planetary days and hours and light up LEDs with the colors associated with those planets and it's motion activated so basically my altar when I go to use my altar I can wave my hand in a special way and the whole thing will light up according to the uh, the planetary colors and it'll be amazing I, I've got everything working right now I just need to get like a battery and figure out the power issues um, and so this morning I, I woke up before a sunrise and I watched my LEDs flicker from the day of Venus at the hour of the moon to the day of Saturn, really? the hour of Saturn. And it was awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that. Um, but I wouldn't well, wake up. you would not have been awake. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You said that our topic this week, we decided that our topic this week was going to be chaos, chaos magic. But I don't think any of us necessarily prepared, uh, which is fairly chaotic. And That's maybe, pretty, pretty normal for me, though, to be unprepared. <laughs> Would you, do you have a, a pamphlet about chaos magic that you'd care to read to us? 
I've compared a couple of things on the Google Chrome. On, on Wikipedia? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to pull this forward and start playing that <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'm switching to the IPA. Yeah, I think that was actually probably my, that was my first introduction to Chaos Magic, was the Grant Morrison um, okay. video that he did, mm -hmm. talk. It was a disinfo, yeah. Yeah. Saw that and uh, immediately, not immediately, but at some point, did what he described and uh, it worked. Two uh -huh. weeks later, I was in the oil and gas industry and making exactly what I'd written out. I was traveling almost exactly the percentage amount of time that I uh -huh. wrote out. And it was amazing. Best job ever. Uh, only lasted six months, though. Oh, <laughs> because, well. <laughs> because the market crashed shortly thereafter, which is <laughs> the danger of chaos magic. So this was in 2008, then? Yeah, it was like two, into 2007, I think, in uh -huh. into 2008. Oh, cool. Yeah, similar experience for me. I tried it again two weeks later. I had a buster for the brewery. Hmm. That kind of didn't work out well for me either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it lasted a lot longer. But it did last longer. It lasted about, yeah, three years. Yeah. yeah. But it's still... How soon before it started uh, falling apart? Before it oh, started being about, yeah, About eight months before trouble started. Yeah. Really, so. Hmm. Well, the thing is, you get it. If we care what you ask for, because you might get it, but you don't see all the little details, all the yeah. things around it. That uh -huh. whenever you artificially produce something like that, it, uh, it might be great, but it might not. There are lots of mm -hmm. there are lots of loose uh, loose threads that can start pulling out. I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've I've used it too. Uh, I don't remember when I was first introduced to it, but I feel like I learned about it pretty early on because by the time I saw the Grant Morrison video I was already using it like I already knew the oh, techniques really? he talked about and stuff so uh, it was probably and I didn't read like Phil Hines book uh, what was it called Psych we're super unprepared aren't we yeah me I'm super unprepared uh, what was it called Psychonaut yeah that's it or something like that Psychonaut um, but he had a few books, right? And they like about chaos magic and stuff. And I, I hadn't come across those until later. But, um, but the techniques were out there, and like people were teaching the techniques, and they were out there available on the internet and stuff for a long time. Um, and I've used it a little bit. It is weirdly effective. I don't know why it works or how it works, but. Um, and we're all saying the same thing. Like whenever we're talking about chaos magic, we're, we're talking about sigil magic. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, but um, I've had more luck with servitories than sigils actually. What's so, the difference? Well, servitory is like a thought form. It there's a much greater amount of ritual and preparation that goes into it. So a servitory, I guess, would probably be the equivalent of a, a astral golem of some sort. Like you right. create a uh, the, the ones that I've done. You create basically. A, a figure that you embody you know you make a sigil and you turn that sigil into something greater and, and more long lasting and stuff so there's send it out into the universe yeah and and uh so the problem you walk through the process a little bit just, it's it changes just all the time right because it's chaos magic so you kind of make it up as you go but um let's see the last time i did one which is a couple years ago i suppose i made a sigil I did some of the stuff that you would normally do when you're doing like amulet magic and, and like classical Golden Dawn stuff. So uh, I think I used the planetary hours and times to, for the charging ritual. But I did two separate rituals. One of them where I charged the sigil. But then I folded the sigil up really small and put it inside a clay figure that was also inscribed with symbols and stuff that were you know, associated with it. And then I worked on creating a, a construct for the clay figure that was a thought form, basically, associated with the clay figure uh, that had, like, a specific purpose. So you basically program... It's a little more involved and a little more active than a sigil. Like, with a sigil, you just kind of send it out there and hope that something happens, whereas a servitor has, like, a mission that you can check on. So are you using... Your using visualization, visualization, are you picturing sort of poor physically doing and achieving the thing mm -hmm. that you're asking for? Yeah, kind of. I mean, a lot of times it has to be symbolic instead of actual, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, sort of, huh. something like that. It's a new console. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's basically like, 
it's the step up from sigil magic is servitors. Um, but I mean, there's you know, and there's more to it's not chaos magic does have like more complexity to it. Oh sure, um, the Osman spares were. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and when I was his work kind of confuses me though. I've never really did, delved into it and really taken the time to. I mean, I've flipped through books. Yeah, that's basically what I've done. And I just can't. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, that's kind of cool, but I don't get it. I mean, the core, you know, the core concept. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> like the core philosophy in Chaos Magic is, um, if it works, keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, so Chaos Magic encourages you to, like, when you really start doing it, you make up your own magic, you make your own system. So, like, I've seen um, people associating, for instance. Uh, uh, like Cthulhu mythos stuff, like basically creating gods or creating new things uh, or turning things that, you know, like fictional gods into real gods, like that sort of stuff is chaos magic. Yeah. Or um, one of the other things that I've done with it is uh, is uh, using chaos magic to embody place spirits, you know, the, the gods of places. Um, right. Which uh, is also helpful in terms of like finding yourself to a place or, or getting information or, or influencing yeah, a location. So uh, I've done that before too. So it's it's because those spirits can be helpful and uh, mm-hmm. very unhelpful. Yeah. If you don't belong there. Yeah. Yeah. So finding out or sort of creating a way to appease them and work with them, you know, that's also a type of chaos magic. But it turns out that almost all magic fits into this category, right? Like, almost everything. Like, old grimoires, old stuff like that. Like, all of that was made up by somebody. Yeah. So, all magic originally was chaos magic. It's just we watched somebody else do something and we're like, oh, I'm going to try that and see if it works. So, it's almost like the more people are doing sigils and working with sigil magic, the less chaos magic it becomes and it becomes its own thing. Well, that's that's actually the goal of, like, the, the Golden Dawn and all of those groups. Mm-hmm. As you become more advanced more advanced you're supposed to take the rituals as a, and use them as a scaffolding and then create your own mm-hmm. ceremonies and rituals based yeah. off of what the knowledge that you already have so I guess that's true of all of you I want to interrupt us to talk about how cool the IPA is it's pretty did you get the IPA uh, I did not did you get the IPA I just got the dark thoughts I oh. didn't get the I like it it's it's you know, I mean, it, it pales in comparison to some of, like, the Portland superstars, like the Gigantic IPA or the Boneyard RPM, which isn't from Portland. Um, but it's it's pretty good. It's solid. Dark Thoughts is really solid. Dark Thoughts is delicious. I haven't touched that one. It's all the way over here. <laughs> yeah, I've already skipped through. I think I'm more here ahead of you guys. I'm going to, I think I'm going to hit the tar- Dark Thoughts later next time doing El Rojo. Which one is that? The Arctos? No, it's the... Oh, I got the thing. I've got the cheat sheet right in front of me. What's wrong? What happened to my cheat sheet? Oh, I stole it from you. Altera. So I think with this one, they, they sort of tried to pair like the rich, sweet malt of a German alt beer with kind of like a citrusy, floral, and like piney hops almost. Yeah. I'm cheating. I'm <laughs> Back to Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. So I, before I get it, I really didn't even know who he was until I saw that video, randomly stumbled across it and did all that stuff. But So everything collapsed, uh-huh. had to regroup, and things really, I ended up kind of like doing what you were talking about. I altered some things, and, and actually I was working with a friend of mine in Dallas, um, and we came up with, we kind of mashed a bunch of things together that we had learned from another teacher and from all this other stuff, and, and we, we freaking move the universe uh-huh. for what we wanted things worked out well for him for me like stuff took off uh, in Indonesia ended up going to Indonesia a few months later mm-hmm. and uh, you know like I quit my job went to Indonesia we had stuff going on that was super exciting and um, so I bought the Invisibles the whole series before I left for Indonesia so I could read it there and I don't, you know, I read that it's like, mm-hmm. it was his... It was basically like his sigil, his, his seven-year yeah. sigil or whatever. So I'm reading this thing, and I remember sitting in, um, I think we were in, there was some the Hotel Sultan or something, and I'm, I'm reading in the room, and I'm reading through, maybe, I don't remember which one it was, but I'm reading through, it doesn't matter, and, and he's, 
he goes to the scene like the next day and he's eating I am nasi goreng which is fried chicken and rice with like mm-hmm. an egg on it. it's an Indonesian dish classical it's like my favorite dish ever and in the in the graphic novel he's eating it and he says oh my god I love I am nasi goreng it's my favorite dish <laughs> and, like, and you know there's just all this stuff he's in Indonesia uh, in this comic book and I kind of had like a super weird like mind fuck mm-hmm. for a while and uh, is it okay to say fuck on a podcast? yeah yeah. Matt says that we should swear same, a ton same. of times because uh, we're not on the radio right now. okay so fuck you FCC so we actually uh, anyway like we thought things were going to be super awesome and cool and I was married at the time and finish the whole series uh-huh. get back to the US all that shit Boom. Like, like it was a bomb in our life like no other complete you know destruction and chaos but it ended up being the best thing ever yeah. here I am in Portland and enjoying life but it was just a, a weird same way of losing the brewery if I had lost the brewery I wouldn't be here either so yeah which is probably true of anything it's just it's life you kind of go through seasons and ups and downs Oh, yeah. case you die. What's that? Worst case, you just die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to stop paying taxes. <laughs> Maybe one last tax. Inheritance tax or whatever. <laughs> Estate tax. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, The Invisibles is a, is not only a total mindfuck, but it is, like, it's, it's such an amazing story because as you're reading it, like, over and over and over again, you're sort of like, I wonder if this is real. I get that feeling a lot from that book. A lot of times. Yeah. And it, then I'm like, no, 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 this is just too weak. This totally is not real. This is fuck that. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, it, it just goes to the amazingness of Grant Morrison's ability to like put his experience and his knowledge into his writing. Like He's really good. He is really good. You haven't read it yet, have you? I have not. Well, you know... I've watched his talk and I've watched a really good documentary on him. You've not read The Invisibles. And actually... John, I never got my 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 series back from you. Oh yeah, if you're I'm, listening, I'm John, we are coming for you. We're coming for you. I want my <laughs> I want my copy of the Invisibles back. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. What? What did you? Oh, sorry, I just took a drink of this. Uh, what is it? Woodworker Old Blood and Guts. Ooh, I didn't it's, get that one. Says it's an American barley wine aged in Elijah Craig 12 year bourbon barrel. Really? American yeah. barley wine. Ooh. Sounds intense. So, um, uh, unfortunately, you know, The Invisibles ended, like, it stopped being published, like, 16 years ago. So, uh, it's still being published? It's over. No, uh, yeah, but they're just. Like, I mean, they're still publishing it. It's okay. just the, 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 the story ended. I was really about to go after John. <laughs> like, I want those back. <laughs> it ended 16 years ago. So, um, that's past like spoiler date. We can get we can say spoilers now. But I haven't read it. I don't care. <laughs> You've had sixteen years. <laughs> it's like when we talk about what happens at the end of Twin Peaks and Joey oh. doesn't get to complain. He's had like twenty five years to watch Twin I know. Peaks. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> um, but uh, in the Invisibles, uh, the the Invisibles themselves, like the, the so the main characters are part of an invisible cell which is part of a greater organization called the Invisible College, which is fighting against the Outer Church, which may or may, then may, or may not be all the same organization. You, 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 you get to find that out in the end. Um, but uh, the Invisible College itself is like an old nickname for the Rosicrucians. And I'm reading this incredible series by John Crowley right now uh, called the Egypt series and it was published in the 80s like before the Invisibles came out Crowley no no it's Crowley is this Crowley I don't know I'm saying it that way until I meet him in person I'm trying <laughs> I want to I want to get him to come out and speak at Esoterica uh, cool. um, but his first of all he's a really great writer but this this series is fascinating it's it takes place in modern day or I guess in the 70s. It takes place in the 70s and in the 1570s at the same time. And there's all this fascinating stuff going on in it. But one of the things that does happen is there are these kids who create like a little kid club. You know, they basically call themselves the Invisible College and have these strange adventures and stuff. And when I read it, I was like, holy crap. It's like 
It's like he made fun of the Invisibles before the Invisibles happened. Like, he's totally calling that whole thing childish without it ever having been written yet. <laughs> Maybe we should change the name of this whole thing to the Invisible College. It's too late. No, we're going to be my alchemical bromance. Okay. Because, because, um... How about a tagline? The Invisible College. My alchemical bromance. <laughs> frat life at the Invisible College. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to hijack this thing graphic novels, but uh, <laughs> um, another one. Oh, uh, the guy who wrote uh, the big movie, did several movies. Uh, Michael Bay? George Lucas? No, no, no. The graphic novel guy who wrote the... You know, the oh, mask. Alan Moore. Yeah, Alan Moore. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name, but his, his series, Prometheus, is, is freaking amazing because it's all about, you know, traveling... Each each uh, each graphic novel in the series is a new uh, Sephiroth on the tree of life. Yeah, uh, Nate's been reading that and talking about it a little bit. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I and it's good. It's good. It's definitely worth reading. And that guy is so interesting. I mean, he talks. I saw an interview with him where he talks about. And this is why I was thinking about your book and how you take notes because. Alan Moore was talking about, he was, you know, saying in this interview, like, the written word is magic. Every word written is a sigil that affects change on the universe. <laughs> like, just so Alan it's Moore... It's true, like, though. It's true. Yeah. Every written word is magic. We dilute it by making so much of it. But, oh, I was just... He talks about uh, marketing and how it just, like, completely changes the course of history and you know, brands and <laughs> that's so funny you bring fascism that up. and all this this, you know. uh, this morning I was reminded of a piece that uh, Trithemius wrote uh, Trithemius was a 16th uh, early 16th century monk maybe a late 15th century monk really but uh, an abbot he's an abbot of a, a German monastery or church something like that anyhow um, he wrote this great piece attacking the printing press saying if you aren't manually copying out these books you don't really love them and he was basically saying like i can't believe you guys are nice. printing bibles like this like nobody's actually sitting down and writing it by hand like there's no love in this these are people who don't know the bible like they don't care about it you probably don't even need kale yeah they probably hate kale <laughs> Uh, I'm sure to him it was like transmitting the energy oh, yeah. in the written word and what that meant you know, on each each letter, each character. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Trithemius was a very well-known uh, magician. You know, I mean, he, he was he was one of the teachers of uh, uh, Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. And he, I don't know, I think he like interacted with, with Paracelsus and... I mean, he wrote uh, the Steganographia, which is, uh, which is great. On its surface, it appears to be a work about summoning demons, but it's actually a work about cryptography and steganography and hiding messages. Um, but yeah, he was a very well-known magician, and his whole... Does he, like, have, does he have an Instagram page? Um, no, he was super against the printed word, and He's, then when people started doing the internet, he really flipped his <laughs> lid, and he was writing like handwritten letters to newspapers about stuff. Now, ironically, this this tract he wrote about how shitty the printing press is and how amazing handwritten books are was printed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that really pissed him off. <laughs> and he also hated paper. He was like, this paper stuff is shit. Why aren't you guys using vellum? Vellum is beautiful. <laughs> oh. I, agree. I agree with him there. <laughs> you like non-vegan books? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to taste the dark thoughts. I'm tasting dark thoughts now, guys. Just don't let it get to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine to have dark thoughts as long as you don't let them get to you. Oh, oh that is delicious. It is, isn't it? Yeah, what did you think of it again, Joey? Uh, where's my cheat sheet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was delicious. <laughs> What'd you think of it, Matt? I may like the part, but I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really good. Yeah? Yeah. Tell us about it using your 
brewer's knowledge, your magic beer lore, your ancient beer lore. <laughs> ancient beer lore. <laughs> to be honest, I drank it so quickly, I don't know that I could really... Uh, so you liked it so much that you inhaled it. Yes. Actually, I kind of like took half of these like they were shots. It was honestly a little lighter body than like I usually took. Yeah, I'm kind of... You guys are going through your beer really fast. Have I just been talking the whole time? I'm just trying to get loosened up for the people. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrificing my liver for our mm. friends. Oh, yeah. And so are there any other beers that you think are super noteworthy? Like, you really like the Woodworker. Yeah, the Woodworker's the Old Blood and Guts. And I've got the other Woodworker, which is a Marshmallow Mountain. Marshmallow. And which one is... you have it? Have you yeah, tasted it yet? I haven't tasted it yet. I'm really curious about that one. I might have to it's just go get a... Belgian blonde aged in gin barrels. Oh. With bread. <laughs> that poor lady. <laughs> <laughs> I would poor. never want to be shoved into a, into a barrel with bread. It's so annoying. She <laughs> <laughs> did this to her. Um, okay, well, I'm going to... I'm going to drink the Arctos here. Which one was that? It was the, uh, the it's winter, winter, red. winter red ale. Yeah, I gotta say, another normal red is pretty tasty. The Arctos, I can't really tell what they've done differently. What does Joey's cheat sheet say? Hmm. Hey, what was the name of that virus that Ryan was talking about last night that he showed us? That was like an alien. I don't wait. Was this after I left? Yeah, he showed us a picture of some virus. Like, oh, terrifying. Fuck. Did it have a face or something? No, it looked like an alien you'd see in a movie that like comes down from space, that like drops on the planet, extracts minerals from the planet. Yeah, and then like multiplies itself within the planet. And then you have to defeat it, it with a with a MacBook and a virus. Of your own. Virus protection. <laughs> Virus protection on your MacBook. <laughs> that was terrifying. Huh. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there apparently for that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna text him. Man, I feel like we should talk a little bit more about how awesome this weather is because by the time this podcast comes out, uh, it's gonna Sorry. be really really hot, and I want to remember how much. I have absolutely loved this cold. Like, going outside in this weather makes me feel so much more, like, alive and powerful and ready to, like, tackle stuff. I am ready to fight, like, frost giants. I want them to just come to Portland <laughs> so I can go uh, Viking leg wrestle them into submission. Write that in your book. Well, I mean, I don't really <laughs> want it to happen. That's scary. <laughs> it would be fun, though. Jotnar. Jotnar is the plural of Jotun. <laughs> so the snow is to your Scandinavian blood. Oh, it is. It makes my... Sun is the yeah, I think that's really what it is. I it, it like um, it brings out my superpowers. Like I feel awesome in the cold. It really makes me happy. I'm gonna have to go live in the mountains someday where it's snowy all the time. Yeah, once I grow my big long gray wizard beard, like John Michael Greer. <laughs> I'm gonna go live in the in the mountains in the snow. I've considered that before. The other morning, I woke up super early and walked out in the crunchy, cold snow. And you're like, "God damn, my beard's too short." Yeah. (laughs) Why is my beard so short? (laughs) Have you walked barefoot in the snow yet? No. God, why would I do that? It feels amazing. You guys are crazy. The cold bothers me too much. Really? You gotta embrace it. It's really yeah, you just have to off. love it. Like, you have to let it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let it into your warm, moist heart. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I'm, I'm a creature of comfort. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the first uh, meditation practices that I ever remember learning or trying was when I was a kid. Um, and I, th- I came across it in a book or something, and it was about uh, monks who could who could walk barefoot in the snow or who could like survive in the cold weather by imagining a burning sun inside of them. And I was yeah. like, "Huh, that's weird." And I tried it. I like sat down and I imagined. And, and we we had a really snowy winter in Roseburg that only happened a couple of times, so I'm sure somebody could go and look through 
the history of this and figure out the first time I did anything like this. But <laughs> I just remember, like, I was like, I wonder, I wonder if that really works. It's probably in that, like, Time Life series about how uh, Time Bill, Life... Bill Moyer. Who's Bill Moyer? He's the... Uh, Is he the Time Life guy? No, PBS. PBS. He did a uh, series on religion. Wait, oh, so I might have seen that, too. And it was probably on, like, public TV. Way back then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like little, no, I think actually. But I also remember like those, that Time Life yeah. book series. I, I can't remember what it was called. It was like Ghosts and Mysteries or something. Or He also wrote books, too. Maybe it was him. I don't yeah. know. This yeah. is something that I we would like We were talking to... about last night that Time Life series was yeah. Joey and I's introduction to the occult. Yeah, yeah, mine too, I think, actually. When I was a little kid, like I remember getting him from the library and just being like, this is amazing. And it, that might have been where I, where I read about this, but I tried it. I like... I mean, I didn't know what meditation was, you know. I just sat there and imagined a sun inside of me, like a burning sun inside of me, until I felt like I could feel the warmth. And then I was like, I'm going to go walk outside barefoot. And I walked outside barefoot in the snow. And ever since then, I have loved walking barefoot in the snow. Like, really? once every snowfall, I've got to go out and walk barefoot a little bit just to feel that snow between your toes and the chill as it <laughs> oozes up into you. And then you fight it back with the... With the sun. sun that burns in your with, soul. With the iron that's in your blood. <laughs> the same iron that's in the sun. You filter the divine spark into the into the world and let it burn away the coldness. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you <laughs> combine that with... Uh, you're familiar with Wim Hof? Who? Wim Hof, the Dutch guy or the, uh, mm-hmm. the Iceman. Oh, yeah. Set all these records. I think we've probably talked about this. I don't remember if we have or not. Apologies if we have, but... He's been all over social media lately. Yeah, this guy from the Netherlands. He... Is he friends with Trithemius? Uh, I think it is Trithemius, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he got sort of on a path like that. Like, uh, got really into meditation, sort of studying mm-hmm. in schools, uh, learned Breath of Fire, and then uh-huh. adapted it and fell in love with cold, where he's figured out a way to increase his core temperature significantly. Uh-huh. How cold he is. Like, he set the record for sitting in an ice bath. Yeah, climbed up Everest in shorts. I that can't is, hear you. That one's amazing. Can you hear you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because you're very quiet. Oh, oh you got a mic on your thing. No, that's not. No, oh, it's not? No. It's just this thing is magic. Yeah. No, I was saying he climbed Everest oh. in just his shorts. Set in an ice bath for two hours. Uh-huh. Set all these records. Damn. Running marathons in the Arctic Circle with shorts only. Just from that breath technique. Hmm. Just from and the breath of fire. It works. Well, it's not breath it's... It's like Breath of Fire, but it's I mean, oh, okay. I'd like to say that although I love the cold, I don't love it that much. <laughs> although, you know, I mean, I do like the cold shower thing like you do, and I also... Uh... I thought about that cold shower this morning when I was taking my hot shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy's crazy. As fuck. Oh, well, I think that every morning, <laughs> every so morning nice. I think, I don't want to do this. And but then you do it, and it's just it. sort of like, oh, it's amazing. I'm alive oh. again. Yeah. <laughs> you got to try it, Joey. I have tried it. It's terrible. As you get better, your basal constriction gets better. Yeah, yeah. No, I need to like. That's my whole goal for the year. Like my theme for the year is is to enjoy the cold. I made I made up a really embrace discomfort. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I made up like a whatever you call it. Where do you take the letters? You make a word out of it. A sigil. Yeah, a sigil. We were just talking about this like (laughs) ten minutes ago. It's a mental. It's a mental mental mnemonic. Yeah. It's a sigil. It's still a sigil. Like that's the, the sigils are supposed to be mental. You should, you can create sigils in your head without writing them down, and they're still effective. No, you gotta write it down. Well, I have to write it. Down. You don't have to. If, if I don't write it down, it's not real. Because I have to write it down. Otherwise, like I feel like it's not, not angry. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to do it. It's not written down. <laughs> that, that just sounds like a Malkuth trap. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, but like I started out as it was a um, action. Mm-hmm. It was action. Started out as so, like every morning, wake up, think about this phrase, action kaizen, which is means uh, continuous improvement. Uh-huh. It's a Japanese thing that a lot of corporations have adopted, and then a discipline. Because I've been super, I used to be so disciplined, but I'm really? incredibly undisciplined now, and I have been for a while. Uh huh. So it started out like that, but then I was like, you know, it's missing something. What's it missing? I mean, I can tell about your undisciplined stuff because your hair is always messed up these days. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> no, that's how I just project the image of discipline. But... Uh-huh. Yeah. I would, hey. <laughs> but I, uh, Seeming is being. Hey, fake it. Fake right? It, fake it till you become it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if it worked for Trump. <laughs> See? Oh, that's sad. <laughs> so, gratitude is missing. So now it's it's gacked, which is like this. It's easy to remember, but it's what I have to think every morning when I wake up. Gacked. 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 Get up, think about it, really just try to anchor the discipline into uh-huh. my soul, into my bones. Now, granted, I just did this like two days ago. <laughs> Wrote it down in that journal, and the, the vault planner that I've it's like this oh you're trying to you're trying to make a magic book like mine yeah yeah but Joey's will kind of give me yeah one as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you have to now you know that the pen is part of the magic like the whole act of writing right like Trithemius was saying oh yeah or like Alan Moore was saying every word is a sigil but this means that everything you use to make the word has to be a magical tool from your book to your pen to the color of ink you choose well, then do you everything concentrate? Consecrate your pen? Or do you... Um, you go that far? Cuddle with it a little bit. Just a little bit of cuddling. I got a fine tip Sharpie because it writes really nice. If you like the way it writes, but see, I, really, I mean, like this is really a, like this, pen. this pen is a forever thing, right? Like I always have this pen. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's not, like when it runs out of ink, it, I'm not done with it. You convinced me. I'm gonna go buy the Cartier pen that I saw. This thing, is, these things are pretty pen. nice. <laughs> this is a fountain pen. Yeah, I love fountain pens. I don't know if it's a Pilot G2. Nice. <laughs> it's better than a Pilot G2. <laughs> well, the Pilot G2s write extremely well. I, I really them. like them. Yeah, but I mean, but yours is more responsible, unlike my way school. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> the day after we were talking about this, I actually was at the mall browsing around, and I, and I found my pen. Ooh, how much? Oh god, it's like five hundred dollars. See yeah, these things. So the, the Cartier. So this is a, a that's Kaweco. That's my magic wand. That's what I need to get. This is a Kaweco, <laughs> and uh, they're made in Germany. But these little things are only like twenty or thirty bucks. Wow, it's um, yeah. No, I actually saved that in my Amazon. And I've actually, I actually have two of them. And the other one that I have, I kind of enjoy the way it writes a little bit better. But it's a plastic body, and uh, the clip is too tight. I can't like. It's the, the clip is too tight to clip on the things. I mean, I guess I could. The clips are interchangeable. I could just switch that out. But the metal one just has a nicer heft to it. I feel like. And even then, it's it's light. Feel that. Where was that pen story? This pen story you told me about in Portland. Uh, what was it called? Oh, there are two of them that I know about. Um, Oblation Papers, which Oblation. is up in Northwest, and then uh, the other one, I can't remember the name of it, but it's in the Pioneer. That's, yeah, that's where I saw this Cartier pen. Yeah. Here, try it out, right, right on the... Remember, it's a fountain pen, you don't, don't press hard, like, be, be gentle. Maybe harder than that. There you go. You got it. You feel, you feel that? You feel the difference in writing? Like, it's, it glides. It, like, it like aches to write. <laughs> it might actually force me to get. Oh, I see. I know this is pretty fascinating for the people listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. For those of you in the real world, right now, Joey is writing on the back of a menu in purple ink. <laughs> With a fountain pen. With a Kaweka fountain pen. We will put a link to this particular fountain pen in the. Um, Show notes, or something. The show notes—that's what we call it, right? Not yes. a blog. In the show, show notes. notes. <laughs> so, is there a reason you chose? Is there a reason you chose purple other than other than you just like purple? Uh, I really, well, it's actually um, uh, it's actually sort of between inks right now. Um, so, purple is. I'm kind of in between inks. inks right now. Well, I, I, just, I switched <laughs> to a different color. My favorite pa- fountain pen ink color. You want the metal? Oh, yeah, there you go. My, my favorite fountain pen ink color, uh, it's usually called something like black cherry or reddish brown. Like every, every, uh, black cherry company kind of sounds like a stripper's name. That is actually why I chose it. That's is it? Totally, yeah, because I figured, you know, if I had been a stripper, that would have been my <laughs> stage name. <laughs> and in fact, you know, while I was stripping, that people called me white cherry. They called me white cherry. <laughs> <laughs> All the strippers in I knew it. No, that makes sense. I wrote it down in my book. <laughs> I knew it. For those of you who don't know, Eric Arneson has a special magic book, and everything he writes in it with his pen comes true. 
He's why uh, Joey and I moved to the Northwest. I, yeah, true. he wrote I it. I was like, I hope Matt's brewery sucks, and Joey. I don't know what Joey does, but I hope it all falls apart so that they have to move out here and be my friends. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. This is a much better life. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I've been to Oklahoma. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage an entire state because there are, you know, for instance, the Guthrie Temple. For instance, is. Oh, and Guthrie itself is a cool town. Guthrie is a really, really cool town. I, I find it, I kind of like, I'm a little sad that I, we decided to leave, like, right when Oklahoma started to, like, really, you know, they got like, Whole Foods, there's diet, there's, like, options for different diets, it's, breweries, like, you, good coffee shops. It's, I mean, those are okay, but, but, but the Oklahoma is governed by a bunch of friggin' apes. Oh, I know. Like, and they won't quit following that night. Oil like, apes. Like, we left... And they followed and they us became on the appointed media. to uh, <laughs> cabinet yeah. positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel Oklahoma, like I'm in a giant nightmare. Oklahoma <laughs> is a nightmare in a lot of ways, and in other Politically ways, it is. Yeah, God. but I mean, I remember, um, you know, one of the times I went to Oklahoma, uh, I was hanging out with uh, Adam Bysop. No, no, the Adam. You know, this dude had all his teeth. Uh, he shaved head Taylor Adam, Adam Taylor. Taylor yes yeah Adam Taylor um, and rest uh, his soul. he took me around Oklahoma City and we went to like a really cool beer bar this is back when every time I'd see Matt he'd be like oh, I didn't bring any beer I didn't think you'd like it you remember that Matt yeah that was, that was so mean that's totally why I wrote that in my book <laughs> um, but uh, he took me to a really cool coffee shop and a really cool beer place. And Did he take you to that magic, like the Mexican magic place, or Santeria um, shop? Or whatever he, oh, yeah. we talked about it, but I think it was a Sunday, <laughs> and Oklahoma is shut on Sundays. <laughs> so funny because we, were you there with me? No, it was me. It was Caleb and I. We uh, we went to meet him at this place, and he's you know he's very uh, well dressed gentleman and looks very Republican. No offense. Who? Adam. Adam. This day, because it was like during oh. the work day, and it, you know, it's coming. We walk into this place, and like the guy comes out, and he's like, "Oh, Adam, how's it going?" Blah blah blah. And they they like disappear into the back, and we tried to follow, and the guy's like, the owner of the place stops us, and he's like, "No, no, not you guys." <laughs> <laughs> and, him and, him and, and he comes back covered in chicken blood. Yeah, <laughs> covered. <laughs> they were back there for, like, for so a much good for that while. suit. <laughs> Um, I think it's is it time to uh, go to the next brewery um, I have a feeling we're gonna we've got really good sound here so maybe we stay oh, here for a little bit okay. I think I want to have another dark thought I think uh, how did by Jack Handy <laughs> tell oh, yeah. me um, I, I drink the uh, what, what did you think of that because I I would like to know about it because I might get one do you want to try it what, that's the backwash end it's Wow, oaky. Very nuanced. Yeah. That's impressive. I am going to get one of those. Should we pause? Yeah. We'll pause, get some more beers. We'll be back after this commercial break. And we're back. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our commercials. We had to take a short social media break so we could all look at our Facebook stuff and put things on Instagram. I'm, I'm, just feeling I'm still, I'm still doing that. Yeah, Joey, uh, Joey has recently uh, had this great personal realization that he gains a ton of validation from uh, social media likes. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk... so good. Did you feel like it was super liberating when you came to this realization and you were all of a sudden just sort of like, yes... I'm going to embrace social media. I'm going to get the likes. I'm going to wait for those little hearts to flash up on the screen, and that makes me feel like more of a man. No, a no. Man. I feel like I'm contributing to, to my friends' lives. Yeah? Because <laughs> they see how awesome my life is. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a vain thing. I'm just trying to help the people. Yeah, you're If your post to... doesn't instill some level of existential angst amongst your friends, you're not doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, all marketing. I, I feel like if you post and <laughs> nobody gets jealous of what you just posted, that you're probably screwing up social media. Like yeah. somebody should be jealous. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, for instance, the the snow grumpy cat. Like people who see that are going to feel jealous that they didn't see it. Yeah, I know. And instead of and it, it offsets the jealousy, right? Like we feel jealous because we didn't build it. 
That's true. In fact, on the way back, I'm going to smash it. I think we should. I, <laughs> I think there's a hardware store nearby. We should just get some axes. <laughs> it's what Grumpy Cat would want. It's what Gr- yeah, he what would. Grumpy yeah. Cat would want. <laughs> Let's go, Grumpy Cat. Let's go liberate Grumpy Cat. To Grumpy Cat. <laughs> so, uh, what'd you get in your pint glass there? I got the Bob 80. Or, no, 80 Bob. Scottish Ale. Oh, the Scottish Ale. How do you how do you feel about it? I like it. Yeah, it's nice, uh, sessionable Scottish Ale. Is it mild? No, it's still good, good amount of flavor for the uh, low ABV. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe to switch it up, I really wanted that uh, barley okay. wine, but I don't think I would. Oh man, the podcast. I mean, cool. I'm I'm charging through this blonde. I did not mean that to sound as horrible <laughs> as it just did, but I got the. Uh, Woodworker Hushmellow Mountain that that I tasted right before the commercial break, and it's amazing. It is a delicious beer. It this is thing good. is a masterpiece of beer. I'm really happy with it. The only thing better is this popcorn. It's masala popcorn, spicy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It even has chip uh, like pieces of. Uh, we can't remember the name of the. It's not non, but the cracker like bread. <laughs> right. It's non non. <laughs> How much was the glass? Three dollars. Three dollars for. A pint of five. Yeah. That's worth it. I'm probably going to buy one, too. Yeah? (laughs) You're going to get some social media likes out of this one. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) So coming back to... Well, I don't know what else to do. Chaos magic? Chaos magic. Chaos. Going back to your idea of your electronic altar. What did you call it? Smart altar. Smart altar. Yeah. We kind of talked about this a little, a little bit last night when um, we were hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point would bringing electronics and more modern experience in a magic start to take away from the experience? I don't one think example it... we kind of talked about too is the idea of like an augmented reality version of like the LBRP. Well, yeah, or see... or like the uh, the immersive tarot deck where you have yeah. like. Every tarot card has a, like you use an RFID tag or you use something where you like pull a tarot card and the whole room you're in turns into things representation, representing it, you know, so you get an aroma, you get lighting, you get imagery on the walls, like you could, like, at what point does that immersive reality take away from the uh, esoteric transformation that can come about? And I think that that's a very good question and it's a tricky one. Because on one hand, it is, magic is all about psychodrama. Mm-hmm. The more you can do to put yourself in the headspace, the better off mm-hmm. the operation is going to be. But, but on the other hand, I mean, in my mind, like the, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do is with magic is is really tied into sort of like the historical picture of magic. Like the, <coughs> I love the fact that magic is is basically esoteric science. You know, it came out of natural philosophy the way the same way that modern science did. You know, they're both. They're both tied together very closely. Um, uh, there were a lot of like uh, like early advances in modern physics that were seen as magical thought, such as like Newton's theory of gravitation, which was seen as action at a distance, which was an occult power and not something that God would create in the world. You know what I mean? Like, so in a way, I almost embrace parts of it, and I think that you see this in chaos magic a lot. Like you see like. A, like techno magic, which I guess is what I just did. And yeah. you even sent an example to us like a week or two ago, like a sigil generator. generator. Yeah, a sigil generator. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and sometimes, so, so like the planetary hours thing, like what I've done is made planetary hours into something that's immediately available anytime I need it. Um, whereas before, if I wanted to figure out planetary hours, I would calculate it. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's a website that, that does planetary hour calculations for you. Or you would look up sunrise and sunset and figure it out your, on your own. But it was like an essential part of the ritual, right? Where you would go out and be like, I need to do this particular operation in the hour of Saturn, on the day of Saturn. I need to figure out when that is. So you, you do the calculation and figure out what time the ritual has to happen. Um, <clears throat> There's a lot of mindfulness that's attached to that. Yeah, so the mindfulness part is very important. And also, and this is something that I think can never be stressed enough, like the biggest power in magic is imagination. 
it is visualization. Like, if you do not have the visualization stuff going on, you are not going to make magic. You're going to... I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to... Just going to fizzle out. Yeah. yeah That's where it the idea of, like, the, the example of the augmented reality or even full VR. Yeah. LBRP. Mm-hmm. I kind of was quick to dismiss it, but the more I think about it, it, I don't think it would be good for a daily practice, but I think it would be a good way to introduce the LBRP as kind of to, to show it's, kind of what yeah. you might visualize. Not now, necessarily training mechanism. Other. I yeah. mean, the thing is, when you have something like that, once you let the genie out of the bottle, it's not going back in the bottle. So the minute so you don't believe, like you could just show us about here's like Freemasonry is a good example of this, right? Like Freemasonry is all props now, right? Like you've got an altar, you've got your pillars, you've got everything laid out in the lodge. You, the master has like the little kit full of working tools to talk about. Like you don't need an imagination to be a Freemason now. But originally, we didn't have any of that. Originally, you'd go into a lodge and it would be a room like this, and you would have yeah. You'd have a tiler that might draw some designs on the wall. It might draw something on the floor. But they, you don't think they had actual tools? They didn't have tools. They Everything was imaginary. You built it in your head. We talk about it in the rituals, which I'm not going to get into because this is a Masonic podcast and that stuff is super secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, once you let the genie out of the bottle, you can't necessarily go back. So I was thinking about that too. Like all of a sudden, like if you always know, every day if you approach your altar for your rituals and you know what the planetary hour is automatically just by the color of the LEDs that light up when you approach it or whatever should your daily ritual take that into account? Should you have rituals that like adapt to what planets are in control at the moment? Have I changed my practice in some way that I haven't yet foreseen? I don't know that it would be negative because you're still not eliminating the imagination factor you're just taking out you're simplifying a step that I'm simplifying well, so a step like, that was you know, a mind, a very but, mindful step before. But it was, but it wasn't a step that required imagination or visualization. So right, yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, to, your, to your point, it's a, it's the same as using incense and mm-hmm. candles. It's just a different form of yeah, you know, stimuli. Mm-hmm. A little bit more impactful, obviously, but same thing. And I'm kind of thinking in a way, like, um, wow, unpopped kernels are really not fun to bite. No. (laughs) Um, It's your second food injury of the day. I know. I'm really having bad luck with food today. I'm going to get a steak later and it's going to strangle me. (laughs) (laughs) Acropolis. Acropolis steak is dangerous. You have to get it well done. <laughs> you don't have to. They have great steak there. But, really? I've never had one. Oh, yeah, they're just, really good. It's really good for those of you listening at home or on the bus, which I suppose probably... Where do people listen to podcasts? <laughs> it's funny, though, because as we, as we were driving to uh, Milwaukee to Mario's house the other day with, with my, the kids, my uh, sons were joking with me about how I was going to... I don't know. It was just one of those things. Like, what, are you going to like take us by the strip club and... And make us get food at the window outside while you go inside to have a sandwich. I'm like, they've a seen idea. the Acropolis. Like, actually, that's a great idea. That's the exactly Acropolis has a window. Yeah, it does because <laughs> I told it when when uh, one of my son's friends was in town from Oklahoma. I was like, well, like you guys can go over there. You're not gonna be able to get in, but you can get a really really good food at the window. Maybe you should try that. <laughs> don't don't go to the 18 inner places. They're super shady. I think they're in bad parts of town. <laughs> Plus, I don't, I don't want his friend, his friend, your friend's mom to find out. <laughs> Be really angry with me. Joey's a super good influence. Yeah. He's available for babysitting. I am. <laughs> send him over. Rock send him bottom up. rates. <laughs> send, send them to the Pacific Northwest from Oklahoma and they'll never want to go back again. You do have to provide all the babysit, babysitting money up front in ones, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you do business. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but I was saying, like, uh, I feel like... So you'd be completely against the idea of... I wouldn't be completely against it. I just think that it's something that we need to be cautious about, or you need to be cautious about it while you're doing it. Like, it sucks to... 
I mean, I think about that a lot. Like, how much have, like, special effects and visual effects in, like, movies and stuff influenced the way that I visualize things? Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of bugs me because it makes me realize that being original in your visualizations or being or having, like, visualizations and imagination that is producing, like, original images is very, very tough. And elusive for people it is who, tough. who sometimes are, it like, takes years. Yeah, but, yeah, it did for me. Yeah. but I mean, but even so, like if I ask you to imagine, I don't know, like dark energy coming out of a dark star, you're probably going to think of something that you saw in a movie, and you're going to be like, "Ooh, it looks like that." It's probably purple, and well, um, and all of a sudden you're 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 not seeing an image that you created, but an image that somebody else has created that you are recreating instead. That's true, and you know, yeah, back in the day when I really got back into this and, and was doing extensive practice. In 2008? Uh, before that, actually. Well, that's not what I have in my book. <laughs> <laughs> but it was before that, and I, uh-huh. but I was doing morning and night rituals, mm-hmm. and sometimes during the middle of the day, if I you know, was able to find a private spot. Uh-huh. Um, I was really, really working hard at, at building my imagination and being mm-hmm. able to do the rituals correctly and, and all of these things and it just something clicked after a yeah. few months and I would go to sleep at night and it, it wasn't like I was sleeping it was like I was popping out into kind of like a weird physical slash astral plane mm-hmm. and sometimes I would encounter beings and they would be just fine sometimes they wouldn't when they weren't it was like it was second nature I didn't have to think about it boom I'd pop back you know I would defend myself Mm -hmm. with symbols and signs that manifested like electric fucking lightning thunder Uh in front of me and the being would be gone if it was you know a a bad situation Mm -hmm. so I think that was that was important because I was building that in the physical realm, mm-hmm. in Malkuth, but in uh, yes, so yes, yeah, I was practicing it, mm-hmm. and I was able to practice it because I, you know, it was like putting that imprint, that carbon copy, within my consciousness from this point. You know. We're going to send that segment to all of Joey's clients. <laughs> That's actually going to be my business model. Yeah, it's going to all be printed in really tiny print on the back of your business card. <laughs> Are you bothered by creatures in the night? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We've got something in common. Buy my product. <laughs> Hashtag marketing. <laughs> Um, did I tell you guys about Kabbalah Club? Do you guys know about Kabbalah Club? No. First rule of Kabbalah Club. The first rule of Kabbalah Club is tell your friends about Kabbalah Club because they might want to <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's happening at the Scottish Rite. It's only for oh, Scottish cool. Rite Masons, but we're gonna. I'm I'm running a Kabbalah Club. That's actually great. It's spelled with Q's. Kabbalah with a Q and Club with a Q. I like it. Yeah. Q Q Q Q. When's it start? Uh, the la- the fourth Tuesday of this month. So those of you listening now, say your uh, time circuits. When I say this month, I mean January of 2017. You're probably listening to this in like June of 2024 after Matt finishes uh, processing the rest of our podcasts. <laughs> so the second Tuesday of every month? It's the fourth. Fourth. Fourth Tuesday of every month. And we're going to start with uh, Lon Milo. I mean... Rabbi Lamed Ben Clifford's Chicken oh, Kabbalah yeah. as, a, as an intro text. Um, and then um, and then I'm not sure what we're going to do after that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that... I mean, there are, there are some really good uh, students of Kabbalah at Portland Scottish Rite. So I'm hoping that we get uh, some really experienced people to show up and sort of have like a mentor-student thing started. Apparently I only go to four places in my life. <laughs> Sorry. Do you like them all on Facebook, though? No. Oh. 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 
Maybe. Oh. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> trying to figure it all out. Um, but I'm kind of hoping that there will be so, uh, some kind of like mentor-student thing that can get started up because I'm not the most knowledgeable, as I'm sure our readers, our listeners, figured out uh, during our Kabbalah episode <laughs> that Joey missed. He's missed the last two. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really, he's not committed. He's no. like... He's just kind of phoned it in. I think he's sort of thinking to himself, this isn't going to get me very many social media likes. So I'll show up every third episode, and everybody will get way more excited about those episodes, and those will get... This is the Joey episode. (laughs) Featuring Joey. You can just skip the ones in between. Just go to the Joey episodes. (laughs) Those without Joey are like the Marge release episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares about them. It's just just the two of us crying. (laughs) Where's Joey? There there used to be this uh, podcast... These two guys that were in college that did this conspiracy podcast. I can't mm-hmm. even remember the name of it. It was like the first thing that got me into podcasts. Mm-hmm. These guys were awesome. And they had not every episode, but maybe every fourth episode, a guy would join who like would talk about Crowley and other things uh-huh. outside of these guys' knowledge. And those are the podcasts that I really liked. So, <laughs> so you're trying to do that now? That's what I'm doing subconsciously. I'm ah. Sorry, he's like he's like that one time when you decided to get whipped cream in your Irish coffee or whatever. That's that's, that's Joey's role. He's like <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> no, we should do this more often. This is fun. We do it fun. more often. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what was Matt the... and I, you know, the ones who really care about the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know when when. You... When you're 52 years old and you're raising four kids. <laughs> Wait, who has four kids? <laughs> Actually, nobody. I yeah. have four adults. Yeah, that's true. You do have four adults. How many of them are in college now? All three. of them? Three. Three. Three of the four. So you only have one left? Yeah. Well, Malcolm, Malcolm's at home, but he's in college. Uh-huh. They, they went to the community college because we moved here halfway through a senior year and in high school mm-hmm. but yeah this next year him and Malvin they're trying to get into the University of Washington which Huskies? Have, yeah mm. which would be great so you're going to have two Cougs and two Huskies two Cougars and two Huskies I mean it's going to be constant, constant like conflict yeah. every holiday or like if they don't get accepted for whatever reason because who knows I thought the girls <laughs> were going to get accepted there but they didn't because for whatever reason if they don't get accepted there, they'll go to Pullman to WSU. So they'll all four be going be uh, Cougars, which will be that'll be cool. Are you shipped Cougar Gold cheese for being a yeah? Can you Cougar get us? Dad? Can you get us some Cougar Gold? Cougar Gold. Have you, have you had this cheese yet? I have. Not, I've seen it, but it I have not bought it because it's expensive. So for those of you who don't know, like you're not in the Pacific Northwest, so uh, not Utah, but uh, Washington State. Yeah, WSU, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's University of Washington. It's the Cougars. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, Is that WSU? Washington State University. All of that stuff north of the river is super confusing. Like, so nothing like, makes sense up there. Washington State. <laughs> they don't reason, even have public beaches. They must beaches. have a robust cheese program oh, yeah. in their college. It, well, dates back to, it dates back to World War II, I think. Yeah. They basically were given a grant to develop a... Uh, to develop shelf food that cheese. can be shelf stable forever. So if you go into stores here in the Pacific Northwest, you can find these large cans of cheese, which is supposedly really good, but I've yet to have it. So amazing, and it ages in the can. They're actually it ages a, better and better. Oh, and, oh, 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 WSU has one of the one of the best uh, ag schools in the country. Mm-hmm. What other podcast can you listen to? Three guys talk about beer, beer, cheese, and the occult. <laughs> oh, next time we should do cheese bar. Cheese bar. Oh, oh, we should have podcast today. There was a bourbon and bacon fest. It's important. Eh, cheese bar is better. Cheese bar. Yeah, we should go to cheese bar and we should just eat shit tons of because they have good beer there too. Really? You guys don't even know about cheese bar. No. Tell podcast us. people, our next episode is going to be at cheese bar and it's going to be about. Uh, we need a topic. It's your turn to pick. Because you haven't been here. Come on, come on, come on. Just spit something out. Something occultish. Sex magic. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't have to to be sex magic. I think we are, did we? Okay, yeah. Actually, we're going to do a 
we're going to record another podcast tomorrow. Yes. We're going to do two this weekend. So yes. that. Oh yeah, let's do yeah. that. That'd be fun. Um, so I think actually maybe we should make a podcast about other worlds. Multiverses? That, well, I think it's going to fit in. Or dimensions. I don't even. I don't want to multiple. try to define it. I just want to say other worlds. Yes. Yes. If, it's going to be about the Mormon afterlife. And certain people don't check it out. Yeah. I'm talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. There's no chickening out. Other worlds. Okay, and then after that, the podcast after that, I don't know when we will record it, that will be about sex magic at Cheese Bar. Yeah, let's do it. That's <sighs> an appropriate place to talk about yeah. sex magic. Cheese Bar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, the smell alone. <laughs> you know, there actually has a precursor to that episode. Um, Your drunk doesn't smell like Stilton? <laughs> there, there, was, there was this interesting article, I think it might have been on Vice, about uh, this new sex magic movement. There's a movement? There's a new one? Oh, yeah. Sex magic revival? It's wow, a what, revival. what do they call it? What do they call it's, it? it's not sex magic, it's like hipster sex, sex magic. Oh. Well, I mean, at least Matt's got the glasses for it. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to get Matt laid. <laughs> no, it's it's a very uh, bastardized version. I mean, I guess it probably could work, maybe. I mean, I'm sure it does for the people that really believe it, obviously, because that's all that's what it needs. But well, it's very it's very basic. It's very, like, new age sex magic kind of stuff, you know? It's like uh-huh. a mix of yoga. I don't know yoga. that sex magic really has to be that complicated we, we don't have to talk about it now oh, okay we'll, we'll go to cheese bar yeah, you and we'll talk right. about cheese we'll talk about cheese sex cheesy magic. sex magic. cheese sex magic cheesy sex magic. Cheese the new red hot chili peppers <laughs> album. no 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 cheesy sex magic cheesy sex magic with beer it, yeah it'll be awesome we'll, we'll love uh, yeah we can you know what we could do we could go to cheese bar and get like a picnic full of cheese and beer and then we could hike up to the top of Mount Tabor, which is right there, and it's super short, and it's not a mountain. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it only takes like 15 minutes to get to the top. He's got a hiking boner. <laughs> <laughs> which would be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's maybe that's what we'll do next time. But I think we should wrap it up. Do we have good. closing hey, words? We, I don't know. Maybe we should do this this next one, the sex magic podcast at uh, at a strip club in Portland. Well, strip clubs. I don't think I don't think Tattoo Face at Sassy's would appreciate us doing a podcast. I think he would love it if we brought him a glass full of popcorn. Think, um, (laughs) I think we could probably find a strip club that would do that, but it's just too noisy. They they wouldn't um, they wouldn't appreciate it. So on that note, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Hilaris. Hey, Hilaris. Yes. I'm going to go to the hospital.